Welcome to the Grace to Conquer show with me, your host, Kara Foote. I'm on a mission to help other women and mamas understand the difference between all the truths and lies we have been taught by the fitness industry and social media. There is so much info out there and so many different options, companies, and products that it's hard to know what to listen to and who to trust. Look, I've been there, and as a personal trainer in nutrition, I've also been a part of the problem. I'm so thankful God came alongside me and gave me the vision to stop what I was doing so that I could help others like you find freedom in fitness through faith and truth. Come along with me on this journey, discovering how to truly nourish and help the amazing bodies that we live in every day. Good morning. Today, as promised on my Instagram, I am covering a topic that I think a lot of us could benefit from. That is how to handle overload that comes with wearing too many hats. And this is coming from somebody who has ADHD and has a record of doing way too many things, not being able to be focused. And you guessed it, that is me. I uh, once at one point had a brick and mortar business and it was open six days a week, but I was always there on the seventh day. I felt like I was married to my business. My ex-husband and I were foster parents. So we had teenagers in our home and all of their schedules to have to deal with. Plus, I was taking five classes in college, three in person and two online. And so, of course, having our own kids as well, or my own children as well, he didn't have any, but, um, and then also was running a Husky rescue at the same time. I always forget about that. So obviously I was doing way too many things and one of the number one uh, issues, since I'm just going to jump right into this, is that sometimes we are running away from something maybe in our life or there's something that um, maybe a void that we're just trying to fill and maybe we haven't really sat down and thought about it. But, you know, it took me a lot of counseling to have to go through what I went through because I had to give up and I did. I sacrificed a lot and uh, my marriage was ruined. I lost the kids that uh, we were fostering um, and adopting, and I lost my business. I had to sell it. I had no choice, and I had to step down from schooling. And that you know, all of those things. Um, plus, plus, uh, not only that, the degree I was getting um, was going to be irrelevant because um, I started having seizures that they decided were stress-induced seizures. Basically, my brain was overloading. They explained it like if you were to take a lamp and plug it into an outlet that gave it too much power, it would short out. And they said that is what was happening to my brain. It was basically shorting out and saying, enough, I'm done. And that's really scary when you think about it. I mean, really scary. And so a lot of things had to change and they did change and it, it was actually more devastating. But through that I, and through the counseling I received and, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the help of a psychologist, a psychiatrist and um, my Christian counselor that I had, I was able to kind of 
figure out some of these pieces, which a big part of it was that I had uh, these holes in my life that I was always trying to fill with something. And unbeknownst to me, um, you know, they said I needed psychotherapy um, and they had a term for it. Basically somebody that is constantly trying to outrun their issues and outrun their problems and or in that case like I said try to fill a void with something else and you know that is often the case there's there's usually two reasons for us doing way too much um one of those obviously one one that's not in those two reasons that I'm going to talk about is is obviously just the fact that if you have ADHD or if even if you don't is easily it's easy to be non-focused to um, have trouble focusing on one specific thing. And I remember somebody talking to me about that saying, why do you try to do so many things instead of just focusing all your efforts on one thing and making it great and then adding it in? And that was before I actually had started that brick and mortar business. And I remember really taking that to heart and going, yeah, I have an issue with this. I don't want to be that person that seems like they are super harebrained and doing so many different things all at once. So when I had my uh, paint your own pottery studio, uh, a lot of different other pottery studios were adding in different things. And I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the mosaics and I'm not going to do all of these extras. I will be willing to do canvas because it is painting and I will host canvas painting nights. And that's what I did. But I was a paint your own pottery studio. That is what I was. And I said, I'm not going to stray from that. Now I was very involved in the community and I would have community nights and and also opened up my doors, uh, cleared out my space to host quite a large craft show and a, a very low cost and a lot of people. And because I marketed it well, a lot of people said it was the best craft show they had ever gone to or ever been to and ever done. And so, you know, there were a lot of things I tried to do to help with the community. I did other uh, like pumpkin carving night and things like that, that were either zero to little cost for the community just to try to help bring the community together. I loved my business. I thought it was great. Um, but I don't know why I felt the need to also be in school at the same time and to be doing all of these different things, literally burning the candle at both ends. And, you know, of course, I do know that I was hurting and there were some deep, deep things in my life that I needed to come to terms with. And I was finally able to do that and really value myself and understand myself um, after all that, you know, and and it wasn't like some something bad happened and then it just all became clear to me. No, it's it's something that most of us don't do because it's painful. And so this is this is the number one reason that a lot of us tend to overload ourselves is because there is something internal going on. And maybe it's that you're trying to prove something to someone or to yourself because maybe you grew up with someone that didn't believe in you or didn't didn't help you feel valued. And so you're trying to find it in uh, um, that other person. You're trying to um, feel that value and that purpose because you know, you want people to see you and to know your worth. And instead of you just knowing who you are and not needing to prove it to the world. 
uh, that again, it's, it's an internal issue. And I know I struggled with that for many, many years. Having been a missionary kid and, you know, not following in all my uh, siblings' footsteps um, as far as going into going to a Bible college and then going to, or the Bible college that they went to anyway, and then going into ministry and things like that. And then of course, to make it worse, you know, having gone through a divorce. And so I remember thinking that I just had fallen from grace and I was always trying to prove to my family that I could do better. And, you know, if I got in a relationship, then, you know, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to make this magical and and marry this person and I'm going to have amazing family. And it never worked because I was never doing it for the right reason. First and foremost, there, there was never, um, proper motives in there. And I never went through the pain of just understanding who I am, my faults, and then, and how much God loves me and who I am and how worthy I was and not trying to prove something to someone else or do something for someone else. I had to learn how to just be alone and be silent and not have communication, not be texting somebody all the time or messaging somebody all the time. I needed to be lonely. And I remember my counselor telling me, your mission right now is to be lonely. And that hurt so bad. I I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But I also, by her saying that, my mission, I'm the type of person that was like, oh, you know, if I have a uh, something that somebody's giving me that's like a mission, then like, that's like a higher calling and I have to do that. And so it, it made it easier for me, even though it sucked so bad to go through all that, to be alone and to finally come to terms with who I was by myself, without a man, without even without my kids, um, and just understand that I was going to be okay. And not only that, but um, I was going to do great things for God, that I was going to... Um, not just survive, but I was going to thrive and that all of the past hurts and pains could be, could come out and and I could be broken. And that was okay. Because for a long time, I think I was just trying to run from my brokenness. And if you're going through that, my challenge is for you. If you're broken, that's okay. That's okay. And I'm sorry. We all need to be in that broken place. That's a good place to be in before I was ever so broken because I'd been broken before, but not that broken, not like shattered beyond what I thought was like irreparable beyond like before that, when I had my pottery studio, I had a vase and it was actually, I think it was supposed to be a pitcher, but it came to us cracked. And, um, I put a little saying on there and I enhanced the crack so you could see them even more. And, I went with it and people asked about that. And the saying that I had on there was saying that um, when we are broken is when we are most useful because God can use us the most when we are broken, when we are available to him. Because if we think we've got it all together, then we think we have, we can do everything in our power. Why would we need God? Why would we need his help? The Bible says that it is in our weakness that he is made strong. That is a verse that I cling to because I am very weak in so many areas. And I know that it's through him alone that I am strong, that I can focus and I can just get through things. And so I, I still struggle 
with wanting to do so many things and so many ideas. And so that's, you know, again, that's part of my ADHD, but I've gotten past the other part. Now I still sometimes struggle, but not like I did when I was a kid or not a kid, but like uh, in my younger twenties, I guess. And uh, that is with boundaries. That is the other largest reason why people get overloaded is because we don't have proper boundaries. When somebody asks you to do something, it does not mean that it is your responsibility to do it. So let me just set the record straight. If your church asks you to do something and you feel like they are depending on you, you do not have to say yes. And I really struggled with that for the longest time. I would say yes to everything. And I was a stay-at-home mom when my older kids were little. And I found like felt like I was always living at the church because I would say yes to everything. I was always doing childcare and um, mops, mothers of preschoolers. And I was the craft person and I was a leader and I was this and I was that. And I was um, I helped out in Awana. So I, I was at the church so many days a week that, you know, I didn't have as much time to spend just being home and enjoying my kids. And back then I was really, really running from, um, you know, myself. I didn't know who I was and I was doing so many things and I wasn't enjoying my kids. I I wasn't spending quality time with them. And I look back on that and I think, man, did I need to start an internet business and learn how to, you know, sew and make all these things that I did and learn how to do web design and start my own business when I was home when my kids were little, I took it for granted because a few short years later I was divorced and I had no choice but to go back into the working world and I never again got that time back with my kids while they were little. You'll never get that time back. So if that's something that you're struggling with and that's going to be another podcast episode that's been on my heart is because in this day and age, Um, As women, we feel like we have um, some unfulfilled purpose that we have to get to. And for some reason, we seem like we have to try to figure it out now instead of just enjoying the season that we're in. And when we're a parent, when we're a mother, we have a responsibility first and foremost. Our calling is to our children and our spouse. And, And let me back that up for one second too. And I'll talk about this more when I talk about this in that episode. If you're married and you have children, your number one responsibility is not your children. It is your spouse and then your children. And I'm not saying that to um, condone, um, you know, how, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, the, you know, s- sexist and, you know, um, you know, domineering side of, you know, what sometimes people think of in marriage from the man's perspective. I'm not saying that. The Bible tells us to be submissive, but not submissive in, hey, I'm going to, he's going to tell, you know, say all the rules and tell me what to do. It's a team. It's a partnership. And if you need, like, if you're putting your kids first, you need to work on your marriage. And my husband and I have an amazing marriage. And Um, It's something that we both had believed um, and what we wanted for, you know, somebody that we were married to. And and mind you, I was married before and I know what it's like to be on in multiple different types of relationships where that is not the case. It's, it is rare that you find um, a good balance and it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort on both parts. 
But you have to be able to come together and talk about things that are hard like that. And you have to be able to be on the same page. And, you know, that again, that'll be another episode that I'll, I'll talk more about that because I don't want to get too off track like I tend to do. But going back to talking more about boundaries, your, your first focus and you need to make a list and prioritize what, you know, where each thing is. So of course, mine is always God first, family second, or and in, in, within that, of course, it's my spouse first and then kids second. But so it's God, then family, then business and other people. And, and that includes the church. The church is not one, number one. It is not God. Okay. God is in the church and he says that fellowship is good. Yes. But if you are getting so involved in church all the time that you're neglecting your family, that's not what he wants. Our number one calling is to raise our children in the way they should go. And that does not mean that we teach them that they should live at church. And I'm saying this from a, a place of um, having been a missionary kid. My parents um, have several times now, you know, come back and, and said they recognize that if they could do something differently, they would have spent more time with us as kids instead of always in the ministry. And, um, you know, I don't know who is listening to this and it could even be my parents. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not something that we haven't talked about. Um, I have a lot of friends that are very, um, they take it personally how I was raised, which is sad to me that they take it personally because I, I don't, it affected me. Yes. And so my relationship with my parents is not what some people's is, but at the same time, I have a different perspective because, you know, I'm married to someone who didn't even grow up with his mom and dad at all and didn't even have that. And at least I did have my parents, even though they weren't around to my memory as much. Um, and I don't, I really don't remember my dad. There are pictures out there of me, you know, snuggled up to him, but like growing up, I remember that he was always working. Um, and so you know, whether you're in ministry or not, work, your business is not a number one priority. If your kids never see you, again, back to the, your kids, um, it's going to mess them up. (laughs) It's going to affect them. You have to make choices and having boundaries means you're saying no to something, um, because you, you have set those boundaries up. So if, if, um, here's an example of a boundary. If you say, hey, Sundays are for my family and I'm not going to work and I'm not going to run my business or I'm not going to be on social media on Sunday because that is my family day and my day I spend with God, um, even though you should spend a lot more time with God and your family. But if that's like a dedicated day for you, that is you setting up a boundary. Now to follow through on your boundary is you don't work. You don't make those phone calls. You uh, don't get on social media. Maybe you have to delete that app for Sundays. Um, every Sunday you delete it and then you re-download it Monday. Maybe that's what it takes for you not to be on there. Because let me tell you, there's things out there, whether it's work or it's friends, being social or whether it's social media or it's video games, whatever it is that you're mindlessly doing because you're trying to escape your current world, you're not doing yourselves any favor and you're leading yourself to a path of destruction. 
you are going to lose your family and in a sense you will lose your children whether you think you have them as your best friend right now or not you will lose them and you will lose your spouse and you may lose a lot more in the process and look i'm just saying this from a perspective of having been that person who lost everything i lost everything and it wasn't social media that i was on you know i i I didn't even, at that time, it wasn't even my friendships. It was just mere fact of being so busy that I couldn't even sit in that uncomfortable space of just sitting there on Thanksgiving about five years ago. I just felt like it was in a black pit because I was sitting there with my family and none of us knew each other. It was so awkward and I felt alone and depressed and desperate and it was awful. That was right when I started having all my seizures And I know that it was my fault. That's the worst part of it. And there's nothing you can do but admit it and start to work on it. So if you're finding that you're having some major overload and you are wearing too many hats, it's time to start putting those hats down. And and I'm just telling you the cold hard truth. It's great to enjoy different things. Maybe make a list and say this, I'm going to choose this to be my hobby. I had to do that with my art. I love art. But when I feel like I have to do it all the time or that expectations on me, then it no longer becomes fun for me. In fact, when I made my pottery studio, that's kind of what I did is because I made it my business. I really didn't enjoy it because it turned something I loved into less than just a, or to more than a hobby. And it was less fun for me. So maybe make a list of what are hobbies for you. If you have a business and you have multi, multiple facets of your business, don't you think that if you focused on one or maybe two areas and you could grow those up, build those up, maybe you could find somebody to even hand a part of that over to to run it, to manage that part of the business. And then you can spread out and branch out and, and do more. And, and as I've coached with different people, one of the number one things that I coach them on is they'll tell me what they're doing in their life. And I say, what? okay, you need something where you can make money. You need to be able to pay your bills and make ends meet. Maybe it's not something that brings you a lot of joy. Maybe you need to have a hobby that does that. And then you need to have something that brings you health. So maybe it's your physical activity or um, you know, going to the gym or going for walks or a sport. Um, and then you need to have a hobby, something that you do. And I feel like this is sometimes harder for men unless their hobby is video games or golfing or something. And that's, again, it's, a, it's an escape. It's a reprieve. It's a way to relax. And then, like I said, you, you have to have those areas not talking about family and you know all of that but when you do that you've you've got to write this down and really soul search what are you doing if you're doing so many things who is being affected write that down me doing all these things who is suffering right now if you know that your spouse is suffering and you don't care you need to take a look at your marriage is, is that really a place that um, you need to work on or, or that you should be in? I mean, because, because what would happen if that other person was not there? I mean, and maybe you're in a cycle of both of you doing that, but who's going to break that cycle 
if it's a hurt that you need to deal with, the best person to deal with that besides God, of course, is that other person. You need to confront them and you guys need to have a talk about it. If you're both doing that, your kids are watching. They're going to repeat that. Do you want your kids to be where you're at today, someday? Because that's what's going to happen. They're going to repeat that because they're seeing that behavior modeled. And as much as we think our kids are going to do something different, they're not. They're not. You have, to, you have to make that change. It starts somewhere. It is very rare for a child to grow up and go, I'm going to be different. My husband is a great example of that. He has broken the cycle. Um, I guess there's been multiple generations who left their kids um, who, who didn't want anything to do with their kids. And he chose, before he even knew that that was a generational issue, he was told by many people, oh, just, just leave your kids. When they're old enough, they'll come, they'll come looking for you. Nah, he didn't do that. He fought for them. He broke that cycle. He fought and fought and fought. He lost everything at one point for one of his kids. And, you know, for his other ones, it's, it feels like it's always still a battle. Um, and, you know, we have fought together and we see them, you know, it's 50-50 custody. So, you know, it's not, it's not a pretty picture. Um, life is not pretty. It's not perfect. But trying to outrun things because of that and busy ourselves isn't helping. And it's hurting our kids. It's hurting our families. It's hurting our churches. It's time to not run away from things and fill our lives with all the extra things that are burning us out. Write it down. What is your focus? What is something that you are trying to accomplish? Write out your mission statement. Write out who you want to be and who you want to help. Write it out. And then stick with it make a plan to focus and write down those priorities and start making those changes. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Thanksgiving week and I will be back on here in the next couple days and we're going to be jumping more into uh, nutrition and fitness around the holidays. Woo! So stay tuned for that and I will talk to you guys soon.